Hey everybody and welcome back to episode number 13 of the Chasing Grand Champ podcast. As always, this is Tom and I'm so excited to have my guest today because uh, we go, I mean, way back, years back when it comes to the podcasting world. Uh, I've said it a few times, I did have another podcast before this. Uh, F's in the chat, please, for Epic Ariel. Uh, this is another gentleman that had a podcast around the same time, uh, started about halfway through my run and did very well for themselves as well in the Rocket League community. Uh, what it was, we called it looking for Manfield, <laughs> but of course, it was live from Manfield. Uh, the originator of the podcast, Knox Phoenix. Thank you so much for joining me on podcast 2.0 thanks for for having me and not assuming i was washed up at recording podcasts like oh like. <laughs> that that could have never been the case when you when you go through as many hosts and co-hosts as you did <laughs> uh, you can i and not to throw shade on any of those other guys but obviously you really uh had the drive to keep that baby of yours going i did i did i had more like co-host turnover than Pashi had teammate turnover. <laughs> <laughs> That's more shade than I was throwing. And you just put on Twitter the other day that you're still getting like a few hundred downloads a week. Yeah, I don't know who's going back and listening to the archives, the old the old archives, but there uh I was just, you know, looking at all of my monthly bills and I'm like, "Oh, I still pay to have this podcast hosted. I wonder if I can cancel this." And then I looked at the listenership and people People still listen to it. I don't know why. Well, you should download all of them and move them over to anchor.m. Hashtag not an ad because (laughs) it's completely free and it can just live there forever and you don't have to pay a dime for it. And people can still enjoy hearing about RLCS season three in 2017. For real. For some reason. Yeah. Or one. We were at the first one. Oh, yeah, you were, weren't you? Mm Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And... People still listen to it. I I don't know about that specific episode, but yeah, the, the show still gets sure. some, some hits for sure. I I actually had somebody message me about a couple months ago, right when I started this podcast, about old episodes of Epic Ariel. Uh, and unfortunately, apparently we were a lot more disorganized than I thought because I've talked to Hillman, uh, I've talked to Adat who edited for us, and... I, we just like can't find any of the episodes, the like lost, any of the older ones. The lost episodes. Which now is they're all worth of money. Them. Now they're I worth know. money. I could probably sell them to somebody. <laughs> well, anyways, we're not here to talk about the past. We're here to talk about the future. And that future is Rocket League. And <laughs> um, so I'm obviously I started this podcast because I am myself trying to get better at this game and though you've been how long you've been gc for how long uh since just season forever? three i might have missed season four i don't know if i hit it in season four because season four was the hardest of all seasons but uh, yeah okay so you have some experience in in being gc but you shared with me right before we started because i'm i'm trying to figure out uh, for myself, how to best bring the most amount of value with this podcast. And you said that you, uh, well, I'll just let you take it from there. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of in my own quest to get better, 
which, you know, I don't know why I'm still trying it these days. I've got 6,000 hours. And if I haven't, you know, figured it out by now, <laughs> I don't know why I keep trying, but I've, uh, uh, begun, uh, being attracted to flakes stream from complexity gaming. Um, and it's because he has this like really informative stream where he talks through every decision he's making while he's playing. And it's just really cool content. Uh, but then I found out that he does like replay analysis, uh, for like $25. So I was like, that's All right, it. Sure. Yeah. Well, tier three subs to his channels and he'll do it. So that's uh, crazy. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I mean, $25, that's worth 25 bucks. Exactly. And so I sent it in and I, and I got it reviewed and he absolutely roasted me for 15 minutes. And, uh, some people might think that he's a little bit brutal and mean, but I think it's just content. I think it makes it funny for viewers to watch. Uh, but it certainly makes it memorable and hilarious. And, and he does uh, it on stream. He does it on stream. Yeah. I've got oh. a VOD and I've Ooh. watched, watched it like 15 times. I'm 100% doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, one of the things I've learned over just like watching him is that his play style is completely different than anyone else in the scene right now. And, uh, taking his advice and trying to implement it has like really put me on this path of like completely changing my paradigm in rocket league. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. So do you feel like the things that he's been telling you or told you are, are unlike your play style and that is still beneficial to you to kind of completely change how you play? Are you completely changing how you play or are you just trying to take some of the things that he has shared with you and put them into place? Well, I'm trying to be flakes at this point. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I'm 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 fully in on the the flakes train, smoking the flakes drug at this point. But it's funny Taking that you say flakes. uh about like how it changes my playstyle because before I think I've begun this process, I was drawn to his stream because it's how I thought I played. Um I always huh tell people that oh, i'm not like very good mechanically or anything i just you know i hate grand champ because i don't play dumb i just try to make smart plays and stuff and and that's how i felt like he does it um not too flashy just make sure that he's in the right place at the right time and then when he like completely devoured like my gameplay uh i realized that there was something on a whole nother level of of what he is trying to say uh that i was completely missing um and and so now that I've tried to implement it and go and put that into my game, I realized that like, oh no, I'm completely changing my playstyle. I thought I had his playstyle, and then I went and tried to play his playstyle and realized that nope, it is completely different than anything I've ever been doing. So you thought you were 200 IQ, but you were really like 35 IQ. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm like 37, but we're we're increasing slowly. Hey, you got to get there. So where does your MMR set? Uh, 1600ish right now. Okay. Okay. Now, one thing you said uh, before we started recording was that uh, when you started this whole process, you almost got to the point of losing GC as well. So talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, um, I think I did dip down in the champ three once or twice even uh, while it was happening. But uh, so one of the things that he's been teaching me is uh, to really take the time and use the space that players give you. Uh, because opponents give you a ton of space and you don't realize it until you start taking advantage of it. Um, but the the tough thing is, is like, how do you like create that space? You know, like 
he's, he always just says like the ball's coming towards you. Just catch it, take it over here and then do this. Like, are you stupid? Why are you doing this? And <laughs> that, that, that would be, you know, uh, my impression of him, of him. But uh, really uh, it's like much more complicated than that because you have to know how to get the touch to catch the ball in the direction you want to catch it. And you know yeah. how to, you have to be able to get it like to softly hit your car. Mm-hmm. And if it's not just a simple, like, drop down on top of you that's not always easy you sometimes you have to pop up and you know let it softly hit you in the air and fall with the ball to catch it and uh everything that looks so natural when you watch a player who's as, as good as him uh it's completely not natural until you start doing that in game so yeah i i definitely lost probably 100 150 mmr um but it's it's all about the long game i think improvement should always be about the long game rank for sure isn't, isn't something to keep your eye on your mmr shouldn't really dictate how you feel about how you're playing um, and, uh, no, I mean, I've climbed back up and it's always a fluctuation, but, uh, it definitely was tough to adapt. <laughs> Especially when you're going through the process of learning something new, like you have to give yourself a little bit of grace, uh, when you are trying to implement something new into your game, because like, you're going to be trying something that you're not good at. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you who are the first to point that out. It's your solo queue teammates. <laughs> Yeah, that just the fact that you're doing it wrong, not necessarily like, oh, it's okay, you're trying something new. I, I've never gotten that in team chat. I w- <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all good, man. I'm sure that's the first time you try that. No, I've, I've never gotten that in team chat. That would feel pretty good, though. It, it's kind of funny. Sometimes you run into teammates where they'll have, uh, or just people in rank, they'll have like new controls or like new sensitivity or new computer or something in their name as if like it's going to affect how you view their play in any sort of way. Uh, maybe I should put like new play style in parentheses yeah. after like my name. I don't know. Flakes just told me I'm bad trying to change everything. <laughs> in parentheses, left goes for kickoff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, for sure. So before you said that he coached you, but was it really just like the replay? And and I mean, it's such like a fine line in between like how you look at one and how you look at the other, but really this is just, you subbed to him at the third tier and then he went over one of your replays. Yeah. Well, he's done two now. Um, but that was like last week that I did my second one. And, um, so I can like talk about the path of like the difference between the two, but also just being in his chat and watching, uh, I've asked, he's, he does do like coaching, like official coaching for like $85 an hour or something mm-hmm. like that. But, um, I've asked him what that entails. And I mean, it's a lot of just replay analysis and every once in a while he'll hop into a game with you and, yeah. and do stuff. But it's mainly just like him showing you your mistakes in your gameplay. And, uh, so I think it's the same sort of, sort of deal for sure. Yeah, now you just get it for a little bit of a discount because he gets to use it as content as well. Yeah, and I mean, really, you can say that you've been coached by Flakes if you just watch an hour of his stream because the way that he explains everything while he does it, uh, it's basically coaching. He's coaching everyone in chat at that very moment. Now, when he's on stream, what what playlist does he play mostly? Because I know he enjoys playing ones, doesn't he? He does. He queues all four at the same time. Okay, so he's usually queuing everything. Yep, and so you'll see you'll see him play threes, twos, ones. Um, what's funny though um, is the way that he approaches the game. He really doesn't change much when he goes into the playlists. 
Mm-hmm. Um, his whole goal in twos and threes is to try to break down each of the opponents and turn it into a 1v1 situation. So when he's playing threes, he sees that as like, all right, I'm in a 1v1 with two other 1v1s after this player uh, is basically how he treats it. How does that work out rotationally? So, and I'm going to, yep, just that. How does that work out <laughs> rotationally? Like, does he get in the way of a lot of people or what's um, the deal? No, not really. So, uh, I mean, he speaks to positioning when, you know, teammates have the ball. You should really always be behind them uh, when they have it. If they, if you see that they're about to take a 50 or challenge, then you should be facing your net, like being ready to go back as if they're losing the challenge 100%. Um, and then when he's on the ball, he doesn't really care so much about where his teammates are. As long as they don't come and get in his way, that's really it. It's it's pretty solo-minded, like minded, but uh, I mean, I think that's the state of ranked these days in the first place, is that uh, you're not going to create a bunch of passing plays uh, with, with people. I mean, sometimes you can, but it's kind of cynical, for sure. Yeah. But it's gotten him to where he's at. For sure, yeah. Well... I mean, 0 and 7 league play isn't great for complexity, but. <laughs> well, and he's, I mean, on one of the best eight teams in Europe. That's theoretically. true. Uh, okay, so let's go back to uh, how, how would you say that you played, or what was your play style uh, when you had your first replay analyzed by him? Yeah, all right. And what um, what were the what were the things that he talked about the most? Yeah. Um so I always thought that I played controlled and I always thought that I like tried to slow the play down and um not give the ball away cuz that's like one of the biggest things. Um I really took a lot uh, of learning from watching like Torment's YouTube videos when he would play ranked twos and like talk about what he was doing and uh, he would always say like I'm not going to hit it here cuz then they're just going to get the ball and so I I tried to like do that. Um but what he pointed out was that like, I still just boom the ball a lot. I'm uh, yes. I'm not like hitting it directly to them, but uh, I still just like hit the ball way too hard just because I can hit the ball hard. I I'm mechanically incapable of hitting the ball hard so that you can't reach it immediately. But where that ball ends up isn't always the greatest like place for me playing cynically, like not trusting a teammate and even for our team in general, just, you know, if you hit it to their backboard uh, and you're not in a great place to go and make sure you get the second touch, you're basically just giving up the ball. Uh, so I played way too fast. That was another very interesting thing. You always think that like you've got to be faster, faster, faster than all of the other players. Um, but he really said like you're playing way too fast. Like why are you going so fast? I'm like, well, I've got to be the fastest player on the field. But it's not true. Um, and and so I just played fast and crazy. I guess is to answer your question. So so that would mean to say like. To t- almost to take control of the ball, you had to slow down a little bit first. Yes. Yeah. Because um, you had you had no other option than to hit the ball hard. Yeah. I didn't have the tools in my toolbox, is I think the best way to, to look at it, is uh, is you've got multiple options, but what you're capable of are your only options. And I really don't think I was capable of just catching it in, sl- and in a way that would keep them from, keep opponents from getting the ball. Right? Because when, when, you know, say... If you just wait patiently, since like everyone is sort of the same way, opponents will hit the ball right to you. Uh, if they're going for a clear, if they feel like they're under pressure, then they'll just hit the ball downfield. And if you're in the right position, it's going to come right to you. But in those moments, instead of just hitting it back 
or just trying to speedily take it up on the wall to like go do a double touch or something. Um, you've got a lot more options. You can catch it and make sure that they can't catch up to the ball and take it away from you after you catch it. Um, and those were the tools that I didn't have is, yeah, I can catch this ball right now, but it's just going to like stay in front of me and they're right there to, to challenge it or pressure me. And then I'm going to lose the ball again. But in a, to be able to catch the ball in a way that you can take it away from them and even bait them in to, to stretch out the defense and create more plays that way, you really have to start like learning a couple new techniques for sure. What rank are you or were you at that point in ones? Were you GC in ones as well or not in, a ones player at all? Not a ones player at all. I think I maybe like had done my placements. Uh, so I was like champ one. Okay. Uh, I've, I, so it's funny you mention ones because I really don't like ones. <laughs> I never have. Um, and I don't uh, think you're the only one in that life. Yeah. And it's not because like, I, I don't rage at ones so much because it's not, I, most of my rage comes from like teammates. I usually like hate what my teammates are doing uh, until you realize that you're the dumb teammate. <laughs> and, uh, and ones is like, yes, I either win this because I'm better than them or I lose this because I'm worse than them. And uh, and I just didn't really have fun in the like the types of plays that ones like you had to do. Uh, but it's funny you mentioned ones because I sent in my second replay last week and um, Flix, he roasted the crap out of me again. <laughs> and it was uh, it was different, though, because he was like, he's like, OK, I see that you're trying really hard to do what I'm telling you to do. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, but you're just too dumb to do it. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, it's it's brutal. If you, if you want to give him a replay, I'm warning you, you will be insulted. But it's hilarious. Uh, essentially, like I'm slowing the play down and I'm doing the right things and I'm getting the right catches, but uh, I'm not like keeping the ball out of the opponent's hands or taking it into favorable positions to where they're going to like, not be able to challenge me as like good as they can challenge me. And so he's like, he said, you have to go play ones. He like, you, you just have to go grind ones and you will learn these things that like, there are ways that they're looking to challenge you and you need to be able to take the ball away from those positions and control it. And so that's what I've been doing for the past week. And it is, uh, it's interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> ones can be so valuable and so infuriating at the same time like and it's it's mostly just because for me personally ones is frustrating because i'm not able i make mistakes that i don't want to make yeah. and that might be everybody like some people just can't handle losing but i just don't like being able to think of something and then doing a horrible job of executing it, or I guess I should say not executing it. Yeah. I mean, ones is like that. I don't know what it is about one V ones, but I, I play, I don't think I play to my potential mechanically either. Like I feel like I miss a lot of easy open nets and shots. And I don't know if it's just because like the pressure of the situation, uh, but there's like so many mistakes that are a lot easier to make in one V ones than in any other playlist. I think. Oh yeah. So when he says you're t you're too dumb to do this, what what are the things that he's like pointing out to you? Um. So I'll catch the ball and I and I'll have like a good catch and um and he's I'll, he's pointing out that like I'm not reacting enough to what the opponents are doing 
And it's sort of like, that's what's I think changing the most in my like play style is I think I've always seen Rocket League as this game where it's like, all right, I'm going to try to do something and you're going to try to stop me. And if you don't, I score. And if you do stop me, then you're going to try to do some stuff and I'm going to try to stop you. And uh, it's a lot more fluid. I think if you every single moment try to react to what your opponent's doing, like, all right, I'm going to come and I'm going to set up for a flick. Oh, but he's now in this position. So maybe I should drop the ball and push it to the right, you know? And it's, and it's a lot of this, uh, you know, like you really have to watch and pay attention to like your opponents and like react to them. And so like uh, a lot of the things he said is like, Hey, you're doing this like fake challenge right now. But if you look at where he's at on the ball, he's got no option, but other to hit it this way. He's like, so you don't even need a fake challenge. You just need to go over there. And it's, it's more just like, I need to get out of my one track mind of thinking of what I'm supposed to be doing and like wanting to do that thing. And more just trying to read the situation and react to it better. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Oh yeah, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, I actually put out a video this past week, about a week ago from when this podcast comes out, about um, getting touches on the ball or like hitting the ball and how to more effectively hit the ball. And I broke it down into three phases. The first one was just being able to like read the ball and know where the ball is going. And the second one was being able to set yourself up in such a way that you can get the touch that you're actually wanting to get and knowing which kind of touch is going to be the most advantageous. So like it really depends on, you know, where the ball is, where your opponents are and where your teammates are, what kind of touch you want to get. Like that's a big part of it because if you want to boom the ball, but you're not paying attention to the opponent that's right in front of you, you're going to get dunked and get scored on. So I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like always being aware of the entire field is, is very critical to complete success. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, that's a good point of like, like knowing what touch you want to get. Um, and, and I would say even like one step further is like, what are your options as you approach the ball? Like, mm. like knowing that like, there's not just one option uh, is I think a lot of people think like, oh, the ball's here and it is my turn to hit it so I can hit it. But it's like, no, you've got, you've got, you can chip it, chip and follow. You can like chip it and fake. You can, you know, boom it, whatever. Like there's always a ton of things that you can Mm -hmm. do. Um, Definitely. For sure. So before you started kind of thinking about things this way, uh, would you say that your go-to is pretty much just hitting the ball as hard as you could? Uh, no, I always tried to hit it, it into space. I always tried to force I mistakes, I think is what I tried to do. Um, I would always try to, um, put the ball in, in an awkward place for opponents so that I could either get the next touch or, um, like make them give me the ball back and waste some of their boost. Uh, so I, I don't, I wouldn't say that I played like just completely dumb and mindless, like, you know, most of my teammates, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. or, or at least how I perceived them to play. I would say that, like, I just was playing the okay play and not the, like, smart play. Um, and and my play style really, like, I saw myself as a passer, like, a lot more of, like, an assist sort of driven thing. Like, I'll go and, I because I was fast, I can recover quick. So I would just, you know, go fast, fast and challenge and pressure you until you make a mistake and then try to set my teammate up to, to you know, put it in. Um, and now it's it's more like, I don't even care about my teammate they're just another tool on the, on the field that can let me go get some boost every once in a while. 
<laughs> so do you feel like you're better at scoring now as well? Like, have you increased your focus on being able to score? Oh, 100%. Okay. And yeah. did did Flakes have something to say about that? Um, No, I think, you know, it's tough because when someone is so much better than you, uh, then, like, they're not going to see what you were trying to do. They're just going to see what the right thing to do was and how you're not doing it. And uh, so... I think, um, you know, he just saw that, like, I was being dumb, you know, and and I don't blame him for perceiving it that way, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But the play that I was trying to set up, you know, obviously just wasn't a good enough play to set up, typically. Or not it, optimal. It's it's funny, like, it obviously worked enough to get me to Grand Champ, right? But it all depends on where your goals are. Um, I've been at Grand Champ for, you know, season after season, but I'm not getting any better. Uh, and so my goal is really like, well, I want to go to the next level. Um, you know, I want to, I want to constantly be improving and, you know, 1550, 1600s isn't, isn't enough for me right now. And Mm -hmm. so I think I'm just looking for ways to get to that extra, you know, that extra, you know, 17, 1800, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to be top 100, I don't know, maybe, but, um, yeah, like I said, like mechanics and just not playing completely stupid is enough to get you to, to grand champ, I think. But if you want to go beyond or if you want to make it easier for yourself, then I think that there are steps to do that where you can learn a lot of uh, a lot of other tools. So really, I should change the name of this podcast from Chasing Grand Champ to Don't Be Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. So... To that point, I will say that uh, I was watching. Do you watch much Rocket League YouTube? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm oh. I'm friends with Sunless Khan, and uh, so I definitely make sure I check out all of his videos. Uh, what about Rizzo? Rizzo, his Road to Grand Champ series was actually really, really informative as well. Yeah, it was really good. Um, and I've talked about that many times, so I'm not going to talk about it again. But I am <laughs> going to talk about uh, a video that he recently put up, which was, uh, I think it was called, like, an I Played Solo Standard for an Hour. Did that one come up on your feed? It didn't. I should watch, okay. though. You, I, I would recommend it because uh, it, it, was, it may not be as useful for you as it was for me. But one thing that I noticed in that video, I saw this a lot in his um, Road to Grand Champ, like his rotations were good. He was taking challenges and sometimes when he was close to the play, he couldn't necessarily get the best challenge. So he would just rotate out of the play and reset himself to make a better challenge, you know, two or three seconds later. Uh, and I just thought to myself, like, he's not going for flip resets. He's not going for ceiling shots. He's not like spinning through the air. Like this is, he's playing really well and he's winning these games, but it's almost kind of boring. Like the thing that makes his content good is him. Yeah. It's almost like the inverse of squishy where like his commentary though, uh, it's like, it's beneficial Squishy's personality is somewhat boring and dry, (laughs) but his gameplay is pretty exciting to watch. Like there's always something pretty exciting that happens in his videos. And so I started thinking to myself, well, if I just start playing boring like Rizzo, 
I might be able to win more games. Like if I just rotate better, if I take better challenges, if I only shoot the ball when I have an opportunity to shoot, if I look for my teammates and they're open and I pass them the ball and they can, they can shoot it or get a better shot that the other team isn't expecting that might be even better. And when I started, when I started that mindset, I was at like maybe 12, 10 MMR. And right, right now I'm at 13, 68 150 is a good climb yeah so i i'm like one point away from div four in champ two that's the highest i've ever been like and so i was in champ two once at the end of last year i think like when i first got into champ i ended up making the climb all the way into champ two but when i got into champ two I felt so out of place. The games were just too fast for me and I would only get like 30 or 40 points a game. But now, you know, I've been practicing, trying to play a little bit faster, reading the ball better. And, you know, I'm still, I'm, and I'm not like MVP every game or I'm, you know, I might even be third sometimes, but I'm at least like making productive touches, getting saves when I need to, you know, getting some assists or setting up some shots. So I'm like still, I still very much feel like I'm a part of the game where the last time I was in champ two, I did not at all feel a part of the game. Um, and I would attribute that of course to a practicing and like really focusing on getting better at specific things, but then also not playing dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, like smart rocket league is harder than you would think. And it's you you can see it just because like even champ three grand champ low like low grand champ for sure you can see just a lot of just dumb mistakes and it's and it's I think because I think there's an over glorification of mechanics in Rocket League from its entire player base oh yeah and and um I think that there are a lot of people that have made even as far as like seventeen hundred MMR just because of their mechanical capabilities one hundred percent um and uh, yeah I. Smart Rocket League is hard, and especially when you're looking to improve, like, the actual, like, you know, thinking level of the game, one of the hardest things to do is you watch, you know, pros and people who are better than you, and you'll see these situations, and um, your first inclination is to try to, like, recreate those situations in your games, like, oh, you know, when, when Rizzo was on the wall, and the ball was coming to him like this, you know, he went and, you know, he decided to chip it down to a teammate, or he, you know, passed it to the backboard so that he could double touch, or, you know, he caught it and dragged it down, whatever the situation was that you're, like, you see, um, the more important thing to, like, learn from watching these players is to try to learn what they see that made them make the decision, because the field's not Mm. always going to be in the exact same spot, but if you can start to see the game the way that they see the game, that's how you start finding smart rocket league, I think. Um, and, and it's, it's so tough because, uh, unless they're pretty much explaining it to figure it out is, is a really tough puzzle to solve. Um, especially when you don't know what you're looking for, like exactly at, at lower levels, you just don't look at the game the same way. And that's, that's why, you know, and, and I'll say it for myself, even at, gold you know or excuse me i'm not gold even <laughs> at like champ one now champ two uh looking at a pro who's sitting at 18 or 1900 there's still 600 mmr points even you know my friends that are grand champ there's still 200 points there of a difference and 
you know, they consistently beat me when we're playing games, just like in our friend group. Uh, so I'm clear. I just had the thought last night when we were playing, like when we are playing the six of us or five of us, like I consistently lose these games. Uh, you know, I'll probably win like two or three out of 10 to 15 games that we play. And no matter who's on my team and who's on the other team. And I finally thought last night, like, man, I'm, I must be doing something really, really wrong when I'm playing these guys. Uh, And if it's happening against them, you know, it's going to happen against other grand champs when I eventually get there. Now, of course, this is a friend group as well. So like, I'm a little bit more casual, you know, I might not be try harding as much as I would be in a ranked game, but the point still stands that like in my natural state or when I'm letting my auto drive go, there are some flaws in my game that need to be corrected so that I can take that next step and get to that, you know, high champ three grand champ level. I think recognizing your auto drive is a really good insight uh, because that like smart, like smart rocket league. It's, it's one thing to be able to recognize the situations and then play smart, but it's another thing to make that habit an instinct, right? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, um, yeah, I might be able to figure out, you know, what the the good play, what the smart play is every time. But if it takes me that extra half second and or extra second to cognitively think about it in the middle of a game, I'm too slow. I'm hesitating. And I'm also putting way too much focus on that and my mechanics are going to suffer. I'm not going to be able to hit the shot, right? Because I've took that extra, you know, my mental power is trying to figure out what shot I should be taking in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like... It, and it, I think it just takes time to like recognize those mistakes and to just play super cognitively and consciously uh, focused towards, you know, the right things. And then eventually they become habit and instinct and the, the repetition. But it's uh, it's it's almost like tiring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. One hundred percent. If you've ever been there. Yes. When I can remember not it doesn't happen as much now because I am better. Um, and I'm sure if I actually put in that effort, uh, I, it would happen. But like when I was diamond one, diamond two and would play with those guys or even like diamond two, diamond three, and you know, they would be gracious enough to play some ranked games with me. Like it is tiring to like, think about that and keep up and try and like analyze it, especially when you don't necessarily know how to play effectively at that level, because then you're really having to like it's not just thinking about the game. It's scrambling. Like, do I go here? No, it's not good enough anymore. Like, do I go here? No, like it really turns into a mental like scramble of like, where do I belong? And that is exhausting. Like I remember at the end of even like three or four games being like, holy cow, like I need a break. This is just too much. When I um, captained a couple of the competitive teams I was on, um, I remember like, in the middle of a series or in the middle of a tournament and stuff, I think one of the first inclinations that we would have is to try to like, ah, we're kind of like dropping some games or losing here and there. Like we need to figure out what, what we're doing wrong and, and, you know, try to piece it back together. Uh, and I learned, like, it took me probably like a couple years to learn this, but to completely stop doing that. Uh, because if you're thinking about like changing stuff and adapting stuff, like in the middle of like you're playing, like it makes you play worse. Uh, and I think that, like that's just uh, an testament to like how much energy it takes to like think and play differently than you're playing. But if you want to play better than you're playing, 
you have to start playing differently, which is why like the day to day is the time for that. And it's why there's, there's two different thought processes that I have about this. Uh, there's, there's two kinds of people in rocket league. There are the people that are actually willing to practice something and, you know, out of curiosity, are you a free play training pack kind of person? Uh, yeah, I, I think I go, those are my go-to when I feel like my mechanics are holding me back for sure. Uh, or if there's a new mechanic that I like want to learn. Um, I, I think, yeah. I mean, there are some people that just do not spend any time in free play. They won't spend any time in training packs. They just want to like, they just want to grind games and they will practice something in, in games. And I mean, no fault to them. Like I have no issue with it. You paid your $20. You get to play the game however you want. And like, if you want to get better at something, if you truly want to get better at something so that it can be executed in a game, it has to get to a point where it is that, um, completely like autopilot. You can do it without kind of thinking place. Yeah. And that's going to happen a lot faster when you can set that situation up for yourself over and over and over again and practice it because you don't know how many times you will or will not see that in a game. And you can say whatever you want. Like if you're just quote unquote practicing it in a game, it's just not the same as working on it in, in free play or in a training pack or in a workshop. So I think that there, there are so many people that get upset about their MMR and what their, what their rank is. And, you know, I'm a contradiction myself because I do care about my rank, but at the same time, I don't care about my rank enough that I'm going to get upset in a game about, or about losing a game or going on a losing streak, because I know I'm going to watch those replays or I'm going to think about what I'm doing wrong. I'm going to go back to the lab and start working on those things, whether it's getting better reads or, you know, understanding the ball better or understanding how to control the ball better so that when I try it the next time, it's going to be better. Yeah. Every, every loss is a, is a learning opportunity. And, uh, I mean, I would even go so far to say, just like, don't even care about your rank. Um, it's funny because I think a lot of people feel like, ah, oh, I'll like know that, you know, I'm a good player when I reach X rank, you know, and it, it's literally every single level. It's a moving bar that people set, you know, mm-hmm. plat players, they want to be diamond diamond players want to be champ champ players want to be GC. I'm at GC. I'm not satisfied. I want to be top 100, you know, like top right. 100 players want to be in RLCS. Like it, it's, it's always going to be that next level. So like, I think never even ever get fixated unless, unless you're, you know, 15 points from being on a leaderboard and like, you're really trying to grind up for those points. I think that like, it's, it's almost wasted energy to spend time looking at your rank uh, and really just look at the, the wins and the losses that you're getting and, and use those as learning opportunities. Uh, and that's, that should be the only way that you look at it. I, one of, I think I, you know what I remember now, one of my most difficult seasons I think was in like season five when uh, I hadn't gotten grand champ back um, and I didn't get it in season four because it was so difficult. Um, and I was so fixated, like, no, I'm a grand champ player. I know it. Like I was, you know, and, and I was so fixated on rank and it just put me on these like losing streaks where I would tilt out. And 
uh, I remember the the fastest I ever improved was when I used Baka's mod to turn off my rank and set everything to eggplants so that I couldn't even see MMR or see what div I was or what rank I was in. And uh, I think it just like, it took a month to like lose track of like my win loss to know where I was. And then after that, it was like, every game was a new game. Every, every, it was just a step on the, on like on the ladder. And it was uh, a lot more fun too. Huh. I, I was having a, a chat with, um, actually another podcast host is, I think his name's Flash. That's what his, that's what his name is on Twitter. He's one of the hosts of the ASAP weekly podcast. Yeah. Um, we were chatting about this same thing. Cause this is a, this is another thing that I made a video about was just like not caring about your rank. And I, I 100% agree with you. And I've almost talked myself out of that thought process a little bit because I mean, I do care about my rank because I want to get the GC rewards, but the, like the act of caring about what my rank is, is not necessarily going to help me get better, which is what my real goal is. Like my real goal is not necessarily a rank. It is just the specific act of getting better at the game of Rocket League, which will in turn make my rank higher. Those GC rewards, huh? Those things are a shame, aren't they? <laughs> no. No? Wait, what do you mean? Well, you so wish I, that they were better? Well, all right. Not not aesthetics aside, whether they look cool or not. Sometimes they've been good, sometimes they've been not so good. But uh the the thing about these rewards, I think it's such a cool idea, right? I've achieved X rank, so I get X rewards that I can show to all of the other players that, you know, I've hit this reward level right sure um so here's the thing about like grand champ rewards is like you could get called out for using them right like Uh, because if uh being proud of gc in like the gc like level the tier of of gameplay probably a joke is a joke yes yeah uh so like if you're like repping gc rewards and stuff um it's almost seen as like uh it's yeah it's almost something yeah and and i i get that and i mean they're i don't want to get into the attitudes that some people can have but i i tell you what whatever that gc reward is my first gc reward i'm going to use that the entire next season Hell yeah, dude, rep it, baby. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not going to care. I'm working my ass off to get to GC and I'm going to let everybody know it. And you should be proud of those rewards. I, you're damn right. I don't like (laughs) swearing on this podcast and you're damn right that I will A, use them and B, be extremely proud because I'm working really hard and I'm not going to let some cotton headed ninny muggins take that away from me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, that's i mean that really is the attitude you should have uh yeah for sure. <laughs> i mean it, and here's the thing continuing on with that rant there have been so many times that i have like talked myself out of making content or doing this podcast or you know making another youtube video or whatever because there's some person ranting on twitter or reddit about something that they're not happy with and i'm just not gonna let somebody that has a 
poopy attitude get in the way of me like making everything of this game that I can. Cause that's just, I'm, I'm just not about that life. So that's perfect. I'm going to freaking love using those GC rewards. Like the first time I got champ was the purple. I don't know. Have they've done a couple boosts now, right? For rewards. So the first time I got champ was season eight, I think. And then did they just do another boost? This I think they just did another boost like this past season, right? I'm really bad at this. Okay. I, well, that's fine. <laughs> um, so then they did another boost and everybody was like super disappointed with it, like in whining and complaining and fine, whatever. But that first boost I used for two seasons and I told myself, well, I'm going to use this for the rest of the time that I play Rocket League because it was the first time that I got champ and I'm just so thrilled. And I don't use it anymore because I don't like the sound. But <laughs> but that's uh, not because you're not proud of your achievement. No, I'm I'm thrilled. Like I was so happy to get champ that first time. And I know that you know that's just what other people want. Like I w- I would love to see a a straw poll of all the people that play Rocket League if they play it. I'm I'm sure there are plenty of people that play it just to be fun. But this game is so innately competitive that there has to be so many people out there that just want to be better at the game. Yeah, like they, well, they play because they are challenged by it, they're competitive, and they they want to improve. I mean, truth of the matter is, if you're above diamond, you've like you have sunk significant like uh you know efforts into the game. That's top fifteen percent of the the population of the game. Yeah. You've at least put in hundreds of hours into the game, like probably thousands to, to reach that level for sure. You've, you've definitely watched a YouTube video on how to rotate. If you've hit like, you know, diamond, whether or not it actually sunk in for you, (laughs) that's another question. And I say that as a very recently diamond player, I'm not trying to be, mean to anyone and i feel like a lot of diamond players could be in champ if they learned how to play the game not dumb oh yeah a hundred percent i think that is that is what diamond is it's what any rank is no it it really is there i mean you're you're not wrong and I mean, yes, I guess I could say that about anything because I made a huge jump when I just stopped playing stupid. Uh, And I feel like there are so many people in Diamond 3 that mechanically could be champ if they would just like slow down and let their teammates play the game. Well, I think you can put it this way, right? That there are two factors that will keep you from climbing, right? And that is your mechanical capabilities and your, uh, you know, mental approach to the game. Uh, like your your smarts, your decision-making, that's what I will say. Your decision-making and your mechanical capability. And one can stretch you beyond a little bit of the, like, you know, if, you, if you're like, if you've got champ two mechanics and diamond level, like, decision-making, you might land in champ one, right? Because your mechanics carry you a little bit further, but you're not going to make it to your champ two abilities because your decision making is like garbage right 
Uh, likewise, you can make the best decisions in the world, but if you're not able to put the ball on the back of the net, then you're not going to, you know, climb any further. So mechanics are easy to practice and learn. Decision-making isn't. And I think that's why we see so many players that like, you could easily be, you know, the next level up if you just started making better decisions. And I am a perfect example of that right now. Like you can go to calculated.gg, which I strongly recommend you register for that website and start uploading your replays because it's awesome. Or ballchasing.com. I don't know. Just maybe. Oh, yeah. That's also <laughs> true. You could do ball. Ch- so uh, you clearly don't listen to the podcast because my last guest was the one of the guys from calculated.gg. So I was just throwing another. Or I should get, maybe I should, I'm friends with, with the competition. Well, then maybe we should. They're not competition. <laughs> They offer two similar and yet very different things. Yeah. I would Both say. Both sources are good, for sure. Anyways. I've never used Calculated GG. I'm or you honest. could go to ballchasing.com <laughs> and upload your replays there. To be fair, I upload mine to both because it just does it for me. Anyways, uh, what were we talking about? Oh, you we're could We're talking look about how I actually do listen to the show. I just haven't caught the latest episode. I'm sorry. Well... I don't know if I can believe you now. Anyways, you could look at my ranked threes uh, results from like my past 15 games, and I've only lost two because I've been playing boring like Rizzo. And maybe Rizzo isn't the best example right now because he's in the relegation <laughs> tournament too. What is Rocket League right now? But that what is, is not Rocket what the, League right now. That is not what this podcast is about. This is about you and me and getting better at Rocket League. And when I started playing within my capabilities is when I started ranking up. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier in this idea of autopilot. And really going back to like the very first episode when I was talking to Turtle, um, you know, and about how nervous he would get like, I even in my games right now because I'm so I so desire to rank up especially when they go into overtime I get so nervous but when it gets to that point when you when you're in the game like there's nothing you can do you're only going to be able to play to the best that you know how to play the game of Rocket League right so there's no real point in getting nervous or angry or upset about something because you're only playing the best that you can play so the best thing for you to do if you want to play better is to practice. Practice whatever you're not good at, and then you'll be better. And then when you get into those games and you know, you're know you making the best decisions that you know how, then that's when you start to rank up and your MMR starts to go up. Yeah. Not, not because you're just mindlessly grinding game after game after game. Like that is not – that's what I spent the first – 1500 hours of this game doing and i it got me to champ one which was awesome and that was just you know not good enough good enough for me yeah i mean that's for sure oh man i had something i was gonna say but i lost it um dang it oh i was gonna say about like you know pushing to that next level like it's it's really about you know like the conscious effort and not being afraid to like take a dip, right? Like if you look at rank and you, and you value rank so much, it can hold you back from improving, not just because of like how nervous you are to lose it, but because you won't be willing to try the new things. 
that you have to try to get to to get to the next level. Uh, I mean, like you can go into casuals and like, but you're going to, I mean, like if you're going to turn new skills into habit, like it's going to take weeks, it's going to take months. And if you want to go and do that in casuals, then you can, it might not be the best like proving ground for it, but you have to be willing to like take a hit and maybe drop a rank or two while you're learning to do these new things, because those new things are what's required at the next level. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's another tough thing that holds people back is like, oh, yeah, I thought I should be, you know, slowing things down and catching the ball more. But then I lost champ one and I went back down the, to diamond three. And so I'm obviously not doing that right. Like, no, no, you're correct. You're just not good at it yet. Right. right. So be willing to take those hits. And I suppose that's where the free play and training packs come into play because, you know, Sunless has this really good video about the... I think it's called like ranking up is easy and here's how you do it or something like that. Like I will link it in the show notes. It talks about like one of the main things is just, he says is go into free play and just hit the ball and go as fast as you can. Like go fast, 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 try and hit the ball, try and keep up with the ball and then hit it at whatever angle or whatever like position is the next position that you find yourself in because the more uncomfortable you make yourself the sooner you'll get comfortable with what was originally uncomfortable yep and i've been doing that a lot in free play and so one of the challenges for the week of like us recording this podcast was win three games in chaos drop shot or ones and of course, I tried to do chaos at first because I just didn't feel like playing ones, but I could not find a game. So I was like, fine, I'll play ones. And like, I haven't played ones for a while. I'm currently plat three in ones. Uh, but I've been doing this, you know, just sprint around free play and try and hit the ball as much as possible at whatever angle and do it really fast. Like basically just slamming boost. You know, I'm always going at a supersonic speed. And I won all three of those games where two months ago, you know, plat three was too fast for me in ones. So Hmm. just doing that and, you know, I didn't have to try anything new. I didn't have to like do something that I was uncomfortable with because I had gotten all the discomfort out in free play. And even though I still suck at doing that drive around and hit the ball you know, as fast as I can in certain scenarios, like I can hit the ball really fast. Like if it's right in front of me, I can hit it. But there are certain scenarios that, you know, I couldn't do and now I can do. And I'm also comfortable keeping up with the ball at a lot faster pace just because I've been slamming boost for, you know, a couple of weeks. So that's where free, all of that to say, that's where free play comes into play in terms of doing those things that make you uncomfortable. And so you're not necessarily going to it's it's not the same as being in a game and it is a great way to put yourself in some situations that you might be uncomfortable in to then better understand how to maneuver your car control the ball or get a touch that you can then take into a game yeah and yeah i think the the same thing goes for in game like there'll be discomfort in uh in free play for like when you're like working on those mechanics those recovery mechanics and your speed you've also got to make yourself uncomfortable in games sometimes too definitely Um, because you're trying to go for a flick that you haven't done before and and more importantly like 
especially this goes back to when I was talking about like learning to react, right? You mm-hmm. can't do that in free play. Right. You, you've got to be in a game and like if they're a good opponent, they're going to mix up what they're doing too, right? Like they might be rushing challenges early on, but if you flick it past them every single time, then they're going to start, you know, start shadowing defense more. And you've got to really like be able to figure out how to react to that. And you've got to make yourself uncomfortable. You've got to try new things like, okay, last time he shadowed me perfectly, made the save. I had zero boost and he scored. All right, this time let's try to bait him into a 50 instead. And then maybe I can control it after that and score. Um, and, and it's, you're going to have to make yourself uncomfortable. Uh, mm-hmm. to, to learn new things definitely i i wholeheartedly agree okay last question this is something you said a while ago and i'm curious of your opinion on it because i feel a lot of people um use this i would say that people use it as an excuse to hinder themselves from being better or as good as they can be in the game uh you said um you looked at yourself as more of a passer slash like assist person. And yeah. and I'm curious if you feel like that kept you from being as, as good as you probably could be. Um, I don't know. I, I always, you know, it's so easy to blame teammates, but I think on the, on the micro level, I would always blame teammates, right? Oh, he could have scored that. He should have scored that. He should have saved that. Um, I, that's why I'm losing these games. But on the macro level, I always knew that, like, no, if I'm if I'm a 1700 player, I'd be in 1700, right? I'd have won enough games to make it there. If I, if you know, and and that's true at any single time. Um, so I don't think that that I I mean I think the playstyle held me back just because it was like the wrong playstyle. I think anytime you're relying on anything externally to go right for you to win games, you're, you're playing the game wrong. Um, and I think that's, that's sort of what my playstyle lended it to. I was able to always get past opponents, but I was never able to put the ball in the net from those situations. And while that's good for those like things, and while sometimes it worked out to be a good pass and my teammate was in position, it often worked to, you know, me getting it past them, him, my teammate being back getting boost. And then he would be in a two V one situation as they recovered and took the ball down the field. Um, so I, I think, I don't blame my play style because of like I was playing with people who I don't think were good enough to support me enough to get there. If that makes sense. Like it's not because I think that they weren't good enough to score my passes. I think it's because those plays were the wrong plays to, to get me to the next level. If that makes sense. So really we agree. Yeah. Cause I think, I think it is okay. So I will again relate this kind of back to, uh, what we were talking about in terms of just playing smart. And again, I'll go back to the the Rizzo example and the squishy example, because I think part of me, you know, well, not all of me watches squishy videos. And then part of like, part of that kind of puts people in the wrong perspective of what it's like to play high level Rocket League. Because, again, just like you said, you know, just playing smart is enough to get you into Grand Champ. You don't have to be super mechanically gifted or amazing at the game. Uh, You just have to be able to hit the ball consistently where you want it to go and not make a bunch of mistakes or, you know, bad challenges, things of that nature. So if you're if you are, you know, above average mechanically 
you know, you can dribble the ball, you can hit aerials on a consistent basis, maybe get a double touch. And there are a lot of GCs that can't even read double touches. Nope. Like if you can just hit the ball well on a consistent basis and not miss, and you do that well with a teammate, you could probably be GC. Where where the where the rub is is that Squishy and I'm sure Rizzo to a point is more comfortable doing things a little bit more challenging than what you or I are comfortable doing within playing, you know, smart rocket league, like their mechanics support a higher level of smart rocket league than, than you or I. And that's why they are, that's why they are where they are. And that's why we are where we are. If I could hit ceiling shots and if I could hit flip resets and, you know, read the ball a little bit better within a context of like a responsible, smart rocket league, then I could also be playing in RLCS right now, but I don't have that mechanic ability to support Smart Rocket League. Does that make sense? No, it, it makes total sense. And I think another thing to keep in mind is if you're looking to learn to play like Smart Rocket League, uh, I think you really have to be careful about what you choose as your educational resources. If you want to learn to play Smart Rocket League, don't watch Squishy stream. I'm gonna go. I'll come out and say it. And it's not because Squishy's not good, and it's not because he doesn't play Smart Rocket League. It's because he doesn't like in ranked. It's too easy, right? Uh, he'll he'll play smart enough to get the first goal or two in, but he knows that if he plays smart for just thirty seconds, he's got the ability to win, right? And if you if you go up on a one zero lead against him, then uh, he'll just play smart for a bit and and take the lead back. He's entertaining. I was watching his stream the other day, and he was he spent the entire game going for these like three sixty drift like bouncing he learned a new mechanic i don't know (laughs) and he was trying to do it and then launch and then score goals off of it and he got like three or four goals out of it just like in the 10 or 15 minutes i was watching him and it's like one of those things like he doesn't care if he loses ranked games or not he doesn't like what is what does squishy care about ranked he doesn't right he i mean he's in the position he wants to be in on the world stage unless he's going for number one and that's purely just for content Exactly. Exactly. Um, and even when like that, that's the case, right? He knows that all he has to do is just buckle down for a month or so to try it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think like really choosing your resources because, um, oftentimes you'll watch pros and they're not playing smart rocket league. They're just playing entertaining rocket league Mm -hmm. and that's fine. Um, because that's why there are people watching them. But if you, if you want to learn, you really have to pick where you're learning from for sure. So this is, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot because, you know, I've been thinking of what, what are the things that I need to do to get better? So, uh, I've been, I've been thinking about how to break it down, you know, and of course, like I'm thinking as a content creator, how can I break it down, uh, simply so that I can, uh, pass on some kind of idea of knowledge that people could, uh, put into action immediately. Um, So in terms of the things that are important in Rocket League, I, I broke it down into three different things. And of course, I think, uh, I will say this with the stipulation that, you know, you get to a point where these things work and then it starts to be mechanics that get in the way. And then once your mechanics go up to the next level, then you have these three things that will help you move forward. But there's, I guess there's the fourth one of mechanics and mechanics is really the one that 
kind of uh, puts you at a certain MMR. But these other three things that I'm going to list right now are the foundation of what you build up with mechanics. Anyways, that's a ramble. So the pillars, the pillars yes. of Rocket League. I'm ready. Yes. Hit me with that list. I know. Shut up, Tom. Just say it. <laughs> we need to get over with this podcast. Okay. So these are the three possession, rotation, and field awareness. So if you are able to rotate effectively, if you're able to have the ball in your possession as much as possible, and you're fully aware of what's going on on the field around you, like you will be able to win Rocket League games if you're good at those things. Okay, yeah. And I feel like that is that's that's what I call like the code of Rocket League. That's if you have the answer to that code or you know those codes, like you will be successful in Rocket League. And if you want to move up in Rocket League, all you have to do is increase what you're mechanically capable of doing. Well, so if you are looking to make it a, a three list and you want mechanics on that list, I would say rotation is just a sub point of possession, right? Because, uh, I mean, possession really is like, r- like rotation really is like, okay, now is not my time on the ball. I have someone else better in this position. So I need to go and rotate to be in a place where if they lose possession, I can pick it up before the opponents do. Mm-hmm. And, and really rotation is almost again, like a, like a love child of awareness and possession. That's true. Like, yeah, for sure. If you, if you put together good awareness of what's happening, where your opponents are, where your teammates are, plus possession, you know, you get. Wait. You get that one for free. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I really I, confused myself there for a second. I think that's an excellent point for yeah. sure. Uh, as clumsily as it might have been stated, but yes. <laughs> well, this was really fun. This, uh, I mean, I, I never know what's going to come out of these podcasts or like these conversations, but I, I'm always usually happy at the end. Like there's always usually <laughs> something I haven't, I haven't, well, and I would never tell anybody this. And uh, for if anybody that is a previous guest is listening, I do not feel that way about you. I've been very happy with every episode that I've done so far. Um, but I, I've always been pleasantly surprised at kind of like where the conversation goes and what we talk about. And that's what the thing that I love about this show is that everybody has a unique perspective on the game. You know, they've had their own experiences and it's just fun to uh, share thoughts and ideas and and how we we look at this game that we all, you know, spend so much time with and love so much. Um, so before we shut it down, uh, I, I, uh, give my guests a couple op- opportunities. Uh, you can take one or none or however many you would like. Oh, uh, we plug in and, oh, <laughs> okay. So I guess I provide them three opportunities, uh, oh, but you're, mind. you're a listener of the show. So, uh, you can just take it from here. What's number one. Okay, that's what I thought. All right. <laughs> All right. You know what? I listened to a couple. Don't got call em. me. You don't got to call me out like that. Got him. Okay. So the first one is uh, final thoughts. Any Anything, it could be based off this conversation. And this is not an opportunity to plug. Mind you, you will have that opportunity. This is not it. <laughs> any final thoughts based on 
the conversation that we had, or if you would like to supplement the conversation that we had, or just any other things that really like when you think about Rocket League that have really like changed the way you look at it, anything like that, if you would like to share that right now, this is your opportunity to do so. I think a good just iteration of, I think, what the theme was for this episode of external like learning resources is and and the ability to choose those resources, the ability to extract from those resources, I think are all very important things. You know, if if you want to go check out Flake's stream, you know, after this, then let it be Flake's. If you want to give him a replay, give him a replay. If you want to go and watch Torment's videos, Rizzo's videos, like whatever it is that you've identified as a great resource of learning from, uh, like, you know, choose it because you think it's going to make you better uh, because it's going to make you play smarter Rocket League. But then also the idea of... Um, being able to, the end goal isn't to replicate what they're doing. The end goal is to replicate the way that they're thinking um, and, and why they're better and making that a part of your play and then making that habit, uh, I think is is a good way to, to leave it. Nice. Excellent. Okay. And then uh, part two is uh, a question to the audience. So anything that you might be interested in, uh, hearing back from people that listen to the podcast, uh, something that you would find interesting to know about. I want to know what they think is holding them back from their desired rank. Like, what what is the self perceived barrier that that they have? Is it teammates? Is it mechanics? Is it my decision making? Like, what what is the the one thing that you perceive is the thing that you can't get over? Your teammates are holding me back. <laughs> my teammates are holding you back. And finally, and I I don't know if this will be the case, but if there's anything that you want people to know about that you have going on and where people can find you out on the internet, uh, let them know right now. Sure. I mean, I used to be more relevant than I am now. I I stream once a day or once a day, once a week. <laughs> once a day. I would say that's pretty good. <laughs> that's really good. I stream once a week, twitch.tv slash Knox Phoenix. If you want Twitter, just add an RL to the end of that. Um, and that's, uh, that's where I'm at online. Are I mean, I got st- a YouTube channel. Okay. Do you want people to look at that YouTube channel? Yeah, I keep telling myself I'm going to make more videos. I've got this idea for like three th- changes you can make right now to get better at Rocket League. And I've there's another one where it's like the three pillars of Rocket League where it's rotation, possession, and that I was going to make. <laughs> Wait, I, really? I should make more YouTube videos, but I'm pretty... I'm busy, man. I got a kid. I got a family now. We should we should just do a collab on one, man. We should just we should. make it together. I'll put it on my YouTube channel and take all the credit. I'm down. Great. We can do that. Um, and... How often, if people go to your Twitch channel when you stream once a week, are you going to be throwing axes? Oh, that was a one-time thing. <laughs> oh, that was just a one-time thing? That's unfortunate. Uh, I am going competitive in axe throwing, though, so I don't know. Maybe I need to find a, an axe throwing podcast that'll have me or something soon. Do those exist? Oh, yeah. There's leagues. There's the World Axe Throwing League, the no, National... No, no, no. A- podcasts, though. Oh, for axe throwing? Yeah. I, dude, I didn't know if they exist, but you can sure hellfire know that I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah, I'm surprised that you haven't. Like, if it seems to be like there are people that podcast and there are people that don't, you know, and there are people that are into that. And whenever I find a new hobby, and I haven't found a new hobby in a long time because I love this game and it, like 
I don't need any other hobbies. Uh, but the first thing that I do is try to see like what kind of content is being created for it. So I'm surprised if it's something that you're really active in that you haven't already dug that up. Uh, well, I think it's just because if you think Rocket League would be difficult to have a podcast about, like because of just the, the overall content and like it's a visual game, uh, then I, I can't imagine what it would be like for an axe throwing podcast. I looked it up. There are not any. So it is uh, an open market if you're looking to get into it. I am not. The market I am getting into is telling people about where they can find me on the internet. And if you've made it this far, please at me on Twitter at I wanted just Tom and let me know that you made it this far because I don't know how many people are actually making it this far in these podcasts. And it would be nice. It would be nice to know. So let me know. Um, so yeah, I wanted just Tom on Twitter. Uh, I wanted just Tom on Twitch, of course. Uh, but I'm not spending much time on there right now because I'm more focused on my YouTube channel, uh, which you can find the link below for that. And I do want you to go watch all of my videos and sub subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. That would just make me the happiest boy in the world. So I wanted just Tom. If you search YouTube. that, if you search that on YouTube, you can actually find me right now. And subscribe. Wow. Done. Look at that. It's just that easy. Um, that was the easiest thing I've ever done. I feel better at rocket league now that I've done it. Oh, see, that's what it's all about. Um, all right. Well, that is that. I think that's everything that I will just say again, uh, that this has been a real treat. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you for taking some time on a Sunday to hang out with me, Knox. And uh, we should definitely do it again sometime. I don't know that I'm ready to start pushing into, or I don't know when I will be ready to like start doing the repeat thing. Um, the recycling, yeah. Yeah, but uh, this has been a lot of fun. I hope you feel the same way and would be uh, open to coming on again. I had a blast. It was great. It was, you're easy to talk to. Uh, you're too kind. Uh, all right. Well then thank you so much out there. Everybody that is listening. Thank you. Uh, as always, it's a pleasure. I really enjoy doing this and fly we're going to end it right there. That's it. Fl fly safe. Fly <laughs> what was, what was your, what was your sign off? Uh, may the face offs be ever in your favor. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I think I think uh, chasing chasing grand champs uh, sign off from now on is going to have to be just don't play stupid. <laughs> don't play dumb. Don't play dumb, dumb. Don't play I stupid, like stupid. <laughs> All I right. Like it. Bye.